from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the G and Ursula Show with G. Scott and Ursula Voitine. Yes, it is Fresh Fridays here on the G and Ursula Show, the first one of 2024. Mike Lewis fills in for Ursula today. Good morning, Brother Mike. Good morning, G. Good to have you. What do you think about the song selection right there? I love it. I mean, I, I look forward to Fridays every time okay. because I think the music gets just that one notch better. <laughs> yes, it takes it to the next level. Good morning to you, Brother Chef. Good morning. All right. And Nick, good morning to Yo, you. Way to get started. Morning. And of course, we got Chris Martin going to be doing traffic all morning long. We got a lot in store for you, including at 930, what lawmakers are proposing in Olympia. We got to keep you up to speed on what's going on with that. But like always, as we do at the top of the hour... Top stories of the day brought to you by Scar 40, Susu, and Auburn. Governor Inslee is taking heat for how the state's carbon auctions are impacting gas prices and whether the governor misled the public about the impacts. Cairo News Radio's Kate Stone is here. Good morning, Kate. Good morning. Yes, this is coming from a newly released Senate committee video. This is actually from a decade ago that appears to show the governor's own policy advisor telling lawmakers that any carbon program, this was a different carbon program than the one that was eventually passed, but this carbon program could potentially increase gas prices over a period of time by around 44 cents per gallon. So this is Matt Stewart, who's now a professor at uh, the University of Washington and works for Puget Sound Energy, but he was Inslee's chief policy advisor at the time. It could be as high as almost 40 cents by 2035. It's basically three times that in the high price scenario. Now, this was a completely different carbon program as part of a task force that they were looking into to potentially create a carbon program. Now, lawmakers passed the Climate Commitment Act in 2021. What it does essentially is creates a carbon market that taxes polluters, essentially actually like Puget Sound Energy, and makes them buy carbon credits to cover their pollution. Now, the estimate was that there might be some impact on gas prices. The Department of Ecology was charged with coming up with an estimate. Their estimate was somewhere between 2 to 24 cents. But Governor Inslee has said repeatedly, and he said it yesterday when I was in Olympia with him, there's no way to predict the exact impact. You can debate this to the cows come home. You really can. And there's all kinds of debates to make. One I would make is the prices come down a dollar since then. So I don't know who you're referring to as my former staffer, but they were wrong because it actually has come down a dollar since October. So you can't predict these with 100% accuracy. Just to be clear, that was his former chief policy advisor, he's saying, is his former staffer. Now, the dollar, some people are saying that is deceiving and it is a false comparison because while gas prices do fluctuate with the market, I talked to Todd Myers at the Washington Policy Center, which is a politically conservative think tank. He actually tracked down that clip from the Senate committee that you heard. And he said that two years ago, the Washington Policy Center predicted that gas prices would increase around 44 cents after the law was implemented. So he's saying what the governor's saying about uh, we had no idea or no way to know is completely inaccurate. The numbers that we came up with uh, two years ago are the same that the state of California comes up with when they do their estimate. Are they exact same as the governor's report came up with in 2014? It's math. Every gallon of gas emits 19.6 pounds of CO2. And when you tax that, 
it's predictable about how much it will cost per gallon. And that formula is not coming from him. It's actually coming from the federal government, the U.S. Energy Information Administration. And so Meyer says that the argument that, that the governor's making that gas prices have gone down and therefore the governor said, quote, I don't believe the criticism is warranted. This is Meyer's response to that. Yeah, gas prices go typically go up in the summer and down in the winter. That's exactly what we have seen due to um, supply and demand issues. The issue is, is that gas prices in Washington are higher than they would be without the tax. So essentially what they're saying is that regardless of what the market does, we could find a new oil well and gas prices could go down nationwide. But we as Washingtonians would still be paying extra money due to this carbon emissions program. Appreciate it, Kate. Thank you so much. Appreciate your information. Uh, we definitely need a lot of information. And my man, uh, Governor Inslee, just trying to take credit for the gas going down the dollar. Be like the, uh, some Republicans out there trying to take credit for the infrastructure that happened that was passed. Mike, your thoughts on that real quick? Yeah, I actually, I got a couple of questions. Yeah. Um, so when... That was interesting, the governor saying uh, that's random staffer who may have said that. And it was actually, I remember when he was there, and he's a kind of a critical advisor, so that seems a little disingenuous. Uh, So what is the issue right now with the governor? I mean, is the governor essentially digging in on his own estimates rather than just saying it? I mean, he's, he's, he's effectively creating an argument where he's saying blaming the oil companies for profiteering. Yes, the governor also the governor's own people also came up with estimates that are relatively close to what actually happened so so where i mean is 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 there any discussion at at for among the people like in bob ferguson's office uh and other democrats who are paying a lot of attention this year to what happens in the governor's office because they're going to be saddled with that yes. in upcoming elections. I mean, is there any discussion over there like, hey, Jay, you need to take some ownership of this? Right. Or are they just going to just sort of like stay silent and hope that this cloud passes, even though people are still going to be paying a lot more? I can't pump? speak for Attorney General F- uh, Ferguson's office. What I can say is Republican lawmakers have introduced a slate of bills aimed at getting more that, transparency yeah. on exactly what... Inslee's administration knew and when they knew it about how this was going to impact gas prices. You have to remember there's also a citizen initiative that is set to hit the November ballot if the signatures are certified to completely repeal it. And so essentially what the governor is being asked and being called on is if he knew or if his administration knew that there would be this type of an impact on gas prices and if if they mitigated that or tried to obscure that in some way. And the governor is still saying, no, there was no way to predict it. It's like a weather report. You know, there's no way to accurately guess how much this would impact it. He's at least now admitting that it impacts it because before he was saying that it it was pennies. Right, right. And now he's saying it, but the department... But I mean, it's how many pennies? It's 40 pennies said. as opposed they to two pennies. They refuse to come out yeah. with an actual number, but he says, you know, gas prices have gone down, so I don't think this criticism is warranted. And essentially what people are asking are, can you at least just admit that the initial estimates on this were incorrect. And the reason for that is he said, well, we modeled this after California. Well, Washington's timeline is much stricter with their carbon emissions program than California's 
timeline. And therefore... Well, and the market is also smaller. Exactly. So the estimates, if you're looking, it's not a one-to-one comparison with California, which is the problem. But the governor is still staunchly saying the Department of Ecology did their best estimates. There's no way to tell. He did make one point that a lot of this money from the Climate Commitment Act is going into essential services. The Climate Commitment Act has put over a billion dollars into the transportation including in ferries. And we do not want to see money go away. Yeah, so ferries and bridge repair would be in jeopardy if this Climate Commitment Act is disrupted or repealed because the Move Ahead Washington package that would take care of a lot of those transportation issues because transportation is facing a big budget shortfall, it all hinges on the Climate Commitment Act. So that is part of the larger picture that's sort of getting lost in the when did you know what you know conversation. Well, I am super glad you mentioned the ferry system. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're rolling that direction yeah. here in just yeah. a second. Thanks, K-Stone. Thank you. Chef? Washington State Ferries is throwing in the towel on restoring regular ferry service. The ah, Seattle Times go. reports the agency is now admitting that until new boats come online in four to five years, regular ferry service will not be possible. So until further notice, Seattle, Bremerton, Vashon, Southworth, Port Towns, and Coopville runs will operate a boat down. Others will face continued disruptions despite state ferries' claims. They would return to normal this year. And now, gee, a new goal from state ferries. Delivering 95% of their trips every year instead of 99. Can we be excited about them at least being honest? Can we be excited about them actually telling the people, hey, this is what you're going to get? No, we're not going to go back to 100% like we you thought that we were going to. At least we now know. It's no different than being in a relationship. You guys like my analogies. Being in a relationship, coming mm-hmm. home and saying, hey, Mildred, I'm seeing someone else on the side. At least we're doing that, Mike. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, being honest when you're caught isn't actually being honest. So, uh, I would say uh, I, I would say that, so here's an interesting thing. Uh, this The really good David Croman story on this whole delay, no one who rides the ferry system is, ter- they're bummed, they're not surprised, <laughs> not by any of that. This is just one in a long line of delays, and if you think they're even fitting to, I mean, at least now they're saying indefinitely, and that's about the only promise that the ferry system can keep at this sure. point. But here's the odd thing. So, Part of the problem has been blamed for a long time on lack of boats, but the lack of vision from the people running the ferry system to not have these boats, that's on them because you can't just decide tomorrow I need a new ferry. Oh, I'll go on Craigslist and pick one up. The The issue here also is hiring, and they've been blaming hiring, hiring, hiring. So I went on and said, all right, let's just take a look at what the jobs that are available. You know how many jobs the Washington State Ferry System has posted at exactly this moment Ooh. on its website? Ooh, what you got, Mike? What you got? Take a guess. I'm just letting uh, you guys guess first. Um... Mm. Well, the way the conversation is going, and I'm not looking, they make it sound like we are trying to hire. We we don't have the staff. I'd imagine that all the delays and whatnot. I would imagine that there are at least a hundred different job openings. What would you say, Jeff? Yeah, I'd probably say about sixty to eighty. You got twenty-one boats. You guys are both super, super close. Four. There are four jobs listed as open. <laughs> what? Four. Right now, take a look. Folks, if you want to follow through and click through, go to Washington State Ferries and say available ferry jobs. There are four. There have been four listed for the past week. Four. For temporary oiler positions? But my assumption is that maybe these are the four people who actually put gas in the ferries you know or diesel in the ferries. Here's the question. Yeah. Like, 
These have to be four very, very important people to have this level of parry service and have hiring affected. Take a look. It is exactly four. Can I call a timeout here? Sure. Yeah. I, here's my timeout. You were ready for this conversation. As soon as that was posted, I was ready for this conversation. <laughs> you were ready. I just for decided this. to look. It was super simple. Anyone could you could like watch the state ferry jobs. You go on the ferry's website. They literally list all the jobs. It's under Washington State Department of Transportation, so you can drill down to whatever yeah. department you want to work for. Yeah. Work for. It's pretty easy to do. Anyone there with a computer and fingers can do this thing, or even speech to text. Like you can find it. It's easy. I found it in like two minutes. I'm like, am I looking at this wrong? So I tried the search in a variety of ways. The number always comes up to the same. It's not quite 60 and not quite 100. It's four. A lot of urgency, it seems like. Yep. I, I, got, no, I, I got nothing. I wasn't <laughs> ready for that. I, okay, next. <laughs> Everybody hates waiting at red lights. Could Google help? Yeah. Seattle is betting on it, partnering with Google's Project Greenlight to reduce the amount of time people spend idling at, on red. King 5 reports that Seattle is the first city in North America to start g- using Google's real-time AI to make changes to signal times, which Google says can create waves of green lights, allowing cities to improve traffic flow and further reduce stop and go emissions. Let's go. First, it would be free to implement this to start. And then it takes minutes to implement this for all of us out here. We may be in your neighborhood. You have that one annoying light that it's 1130 at night and you come upon it. It's a red light, and that red light lasts for two minutes. And you're looking around like, why? Why am I at this useless red light? But you don't want to run it because maybe maybe your license situation ain't that great, so you want to make sure you're good. We got cameras now. You can't run it. Yeah, you can't run it. So, Mike, this right here, please don't tell me you're going to come up with any reason to be against something like this. You had that look in your face. I see it. Mike, as you, the reporter, hard-hidden, always have follow-up questions, you, please tell me you don't have a yeah but to this. So, <laughs> if I am, given our earlier comments about honesty, um, gee, I would like to say that I have an alternative reality for you rather than rather than being skeptical about this. Okay. I think that anything that improves traffic is great. I do think that a lot of things that improve traffic involve mass transportation and things like that, but let's set that aside for a moment. And you are and you and I and and Chef and everyone else who drives and people who are driving right now have those same stoplights. I do certainly. And I'm kinda wondering why at midnight when there's no one out here, it's not just gone back to um, a, a yield in one direction and a, and a and a temporary stop in the other. I don't know why you can't just keep traffic moving like that. And there's all kinds of situations like this. I send them actually, literally through the uh, through the app, the find, find it, it, fix it. it. Uh, I send it all the time, and I never hear anything back about these tra- like serious traffic problems that are much more engineering problems. So what are they going to do with AI? I mean, maybe I'm just getting a little weary now of everyone wanting to attach. We're going to find an AI solution when there is a solution in front of them in many cases that they could just and they know. And so they so everyone wants to say, no, no, we're going to apply AI to this. I mean, I apply AI to my keyboard on predictive. You know what? I'm writing a Gmail. Big deal. Right. Like, tell me first what you're going to do as far as AI and the analysis. What is AI going to solve and how are you going to implement it? But there's so much you can do without it. Like, why not get busy on that and stop just throwing out these like because every time everyone mentions AI, 
it it is this like it's this like fog machine <laughs> that doesn't actually tell us what they're doing. It just says, "Oh, we're involving AI and AI is going to make it all better." So, all right, Google, you know, Department of Transportation, what does this actually mean when you say this? And so I'm not skeptical that it wouldn't work. I'm Mike, skeptical about the details. I don't need to know how my TV remote works. I just know that it works. Okay. All right. So, so, so let's <laughs> let's use that. Let's use that in yeah. comparison. Then the traffic isn't working. So so you know that yeah. it's not working. Wouldn't you like? So, wouldn't you like somebody to come in and and actually fix it? Not just say they're going to use AI so you can watch better programming, but actually come in and fix Why it. Why are you so biased against AI, Mike? I like AI. Do you, do you I know use, that there's I an actually, app that can cure you of your bias against AI? I actually AI? used AI. I use AI on ChatGPT every single day now. I love it. I'm a big believer. I'm a big believer. But I do see a lot of people just wanting. It's sort of like you know this from the food industry. How often? When, when did like pork belly? Remember when that, when that yeah. became popular and everyone suddenly serving this thing because everyone wanted to mention it? I'll have it mentioned on their menu. That's where AI is gone, and I still. And that's more like apps, like an app to solve child hunger. AI is the new <laughs> app, exactly. Like it's not actually going to solve anything at all. We still have to solve it. So, Mike. Yes, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to rant. I did mean to rant, but I didn't rant so long. So you're not against it. I am not against it. We agree. <sighs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Skeptical. Oh, oh, Nick, was you was you waiting for it too? Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm holding off. Yeah, I don't want self driving. I don't want the AI on the lights either. Hold the fort. Oh man, oh the show is just getting started. All right, Chef, you basically have a little list of what the lawmakers are proposing down there in Olympia. We're gonna read those off, right? And we're going to get a yay or nay out of all of us. Rapid fire. Rapid fire, yay or nays. Chef, I want you to read them, though. Cool. Because in that way, I can concentrate. I can concentrate and I can be ready to fire it off. Yay, nay, or whatever the case might be. It's Fresh Fridays. You can hear it. I'm on about four cups. uh, Four and a half cups of coffee. Mike Lewis is on (laughs) no cups of coffee. Clearly need another one. (laughs) Uh, Chef is on one cup of coffee. And Nick doesn't drink coffee. You're drinking enough for the rest of us, buddy. It is the Jane Orson. This song comes on, I feel like I want to talk deeper. You'll never find. <laughs> this is the Gene Ertzler Show. Mike Lewis is in for Ursula. We're having a good time. Coming up at 947, you're not going to believe this, but I'm going to tell you right now. Nikki Haley has gone mm-hmm. viral for something that I agree with. And I'm not shocked. <laughs> and I agree <laughs> with. So stick around if you're like, wait a minute. G is agreeing with Nikki Haley? Yes, I am. I'll tell you about that at 947, but let's do it this way. Brother Chef, yes, you got sir. some of the new laws that's going to be taking place. Yeah. All my brothers and sisters are listening right now. You tell us what they are, and cool. we will say yay or nay. Let's go. There's a ton going on. So session starts at the end of the month. The proposals are flying from what kids should be forced to learn in schools to when we vote and even when we go to sleep. Okay. Let's start with voting. Representative Mia Gregerson of SeaTac is proposing that all elections in Washington State move to even number years, reasoning being that voter turnout is on average 60% higher in even numbered years when we have governors, congressional candidates, and presidential candidates on the ballot. Let's go. 
Let's go. Let's go. The only thing that I would like to see happen, I got to tell you this, I would like to see, like I think Massachusetts does it. I think it's a few other, couple other states. I think West Virginia does it. A couple other states that do this. I would like to see the race, the election for governor to be on an odd year as opposed to the even year. I would like to see what happened. happen. But other than that, I am all for, especially here in the state of Washington, voting happening on even years so we get the voter turnout. Mike? I'd say I'm I'm in on this one. Honestly, that's not the election reform I'd love to see, but but I'm in on that. So I'm, what I'm lo- what I'd love to see is us going to some sort of at home or phone based app based voting system. I don't know why. I mean, we want to get more people involved in voting. Dude, get, it, get the people involved who you are actually have to pay not for the stamp in this state. This is the easiest state in the nation to vote. But, in. It'll but, be but, even but still, easier. Yeah. But still, it would it could be even easier, and you can get a whole bunch of people it, it, who get, forgets to put the stuff the envelope and realize that at some point on that voting day they're not going to get to the mailbox and get it because even if you get it to a mailbox, it's not necessarily postmarked in time, so it's eliminated from the ballot. But if you could do it on, we all know this. If you could do it from your phone, and there's no reason you can't Mike, make a secure system like that, Mike. You let's know, do that. You know, doggone well. That there is one particular group of folks that does not want that. Well, but they don't want anything. <laughs> you know, so, so, so I don't know. I don't exactly. know. What, they they, don't, I mean, like the mail-in thing wasn't wasn't they wasn't convincing. Don't want it easy. The in-person for voting to vote. wasn't convincing. You know, the, what was it? Remember in Georgia where they wouldn't allow them to hand water to people who were yes, waiting at these endless line. lines? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so if okay. you don't want any type of voting, fine. That's your agenda. <sighs> right. Why not expand the available type same, of voting? Same group of people also doesn't want this because I'd like to point out I don't think we have this current Seattle City Council that's more moderate. If this is in an even number year when you have more and younger voters turning out. Speaking of younger, how about proposals for what kids should have to learn? Representative Mari Levitt of University Place, along with the governor, are proposing mandatory fentanyl and substance abuse education in schools, G. Say that again. One more time, please. Mandatory fentanyl and substance abuse education in schools. Absolutely. Yes, yes, and yes. Just say no. This this needs to be rapid fire, so I don't want to go into it. Yes, I think there needs to be more education in school centered around substance abuse, uh, obviously, and of course, this new thing called the fentanyl. Well, it hasn't always, it's not new, but it is far as new as far as people dying from yeah. it consistently. I think that that's a, I think it's a fine idea. I mean, as long as it's not something that, that I appreciate them talking about it. I'm a little bit, sometimes a little bit bothered when it's, when a lot of things become proscriptive from government in a variety of ways on what is being taught in public schools. I like public school educators. If, if the public school system is backing this, yeah, then I'm, then I'm backing okay. it. Okay. How about uh, mandatory financial education instruction as a graduation requirement for Washington State High School students? Ooh. Yes. How can anybody say no to our children having better financial literacy? Please, Mike. Yes. Yes. With a qualified, I'd really like to see what the curriculum is. We've made a lot of suggestions to folks. Balancing a checkbook? On, on, well, but you don't balance a checkbook. I, anyway. <laughs> exactly right. So so I'd like to see a lot of I would hate to see some of the, the folks who are who are maybe moving beyond their, their prime years in, in the legislature dictating to what somebody who is using Venmo that they have never even heard of, <laughs> that these legislators, you know, in, in other words, as long as the curriculum is based actually on what Relevant, young people modern. are doing. Yeah. 
Awesome. Okay. okay, I don't think financial education fixes poverty personally, but I'm not a, I'm not against. But it I think either. understanding credit oh, is important. Oh, I do I do think understanding credit is important. No, it, it, it do, no, it doesn't, Mike. And here's why: because like I've been in positions in my life where I was extremely poor, and my the only the only financing I had access to was right credit credit cards and short term loans. And being educated about how terrible those are for my fa- finances would not have changed my need to actually rely on them. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, yeah, but the, but there's points at which the, you may be sort of a super responsible guy financially. You probably are, but there are people who yeah. are doing who are who move the the need who move from the needs category into the wants category right. with that yep. level of financing, and that's the problem. Uh, it doesn't fix poverty, but it does help make it a little bit better. And a little bit better is better than nothing. What do you got? Cool. How about uh, mandatory Holocaust education for all students in the state? Bipartisan Senator John Braun and Jesse Solomon. <clears throat> Okay. While I think it is important to understand and learn world history, I just don't like the importance sometimes that's centered around world history before U.S. history. I'm going to go elective on this one because I think that understanding U.S. history is more important than understanding world events that happen in the rest of the world. Yes, learning and understanding the Holocaust, we, I was fortunate enough to learn that in school. I want other kids to learn that. I'm going to sign off on it being a, a mandatory prerequisite. So this is a this is a not a tough one in terms of my desire for people to learn about the Holocaust. Yeah. The states, we're, we're starting to find this, that the states, individual state educational systems are drifting farther apart, not closer together. We have different laws in Florida as opposed to Washington state. Do I think that people should be taught this? Absolutely. Does it need to be a state mandate? It's unfortunate. I'm guessing it actually is taught in Washington state. I would love to see an audit of, um, love to see an audit before you again, start mandating this stuff. Should it be taught? 100%. Absolutely. And along with better us history, I completely agree with G on that point, but I'm a little bit concerned about the educational disparity that is not just existing from district to district, county to county is now existing state to state because of the states. Some states, no need to mention any that are literally narrowing what you can learn and not expanding what you can learn. And I think that's your point. Uh, Civil rights education is not mandatory in Washington state. Those schools are encouraged to teach about it one day a year. One more quick one. Yeah. What do you got, brother? How about uh, how about year round standard time? This is a bipartisan proposal to keep Washington in Pacific standard time year round, which we're in right now. And if this passes, we would no longer change to daylight savings time in March, meaning the sun would rise about 415 in the summer. And we'd lose our 9 p.m. sunsets, only Hawaii and Arizona No, 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 no. I don't want to lose that 9 p.m., bro. No, no, no. Mike, I want that 9 p.m. I want to be able to walk into your bar at 9 p.m. and it's still daylight and say, Mike, what's up, baby? All right. I, I, I get you there. What I... What I don't want to change is the se- I, I don't want to I don't want to eliminate the 75th anniversary of the argument about daylight savings time because because we're we're rolling on to like this is going to be a momentous occasion when we could be arguing about this for the 75th year just next year yeah oh, no. good stuff all right get you another cup of coffee or whatever it is you put in your cup because coming up next <laughs> there is about to be a first Nikki Haley has gone viral for something. And I agree with it 100%. We'll tell you what that's next. It's Gino's show.
Michael Medved is going to join us at 10 o'clock, getting that back to action to start the year off. But right now, Nikki Haley is going viral for something that she did to her husband when they first started dating. So in Nikki's book from 2012, she explained why her husband's name is Michael. At the beginning of their courtship, Nikki's husband went by the name of Bill. Nikki writes that one day she asked him, so what's your name? You know, it's Bill. He said, puzzled. Nikki replied, you just don't look like a Bill. What's your whole name? Well, William Michael, he said. From that point on, I started calling him Michael, and all my friends did the same. When he transferred to Clemson his sophomore year, my friends became his friends, and before he knew it, he was universally known as Michael. Everyone who knew him before I did knows him as Bill, and everyone who met him after I did knows him as Michael. He looks like a Michael. So this has gone viral. And there are a lot of different opinions on this topic. <gasps> I can't believe it. His name is Bill. She's just call him Bill. And then there's people like me. Let me tell y'all something. And let me tell you where I stand on this topic right here. Yeah, I'll be interested to hear this. Hey, Nikki, great job. Because a lot of times we men come into relationships unpolished, if you will. We come into relationships, if it was oh, up to geez. us, if it, was, if it was up to us, we'd have a mattress on the floor, <laughs> we'd have one fork, one spoon, one plate. That's just how we get down. All my brothers out there, y'all know what I'm talking about. And then when we get together with that significant other, the one for us, a lot of times they kind of change us into being better people. This sounds like that with my man, Michael. Michael got with Nikki Haley. And he was a Bill. My name is Bill. And now he's been with Nikki. And she's like, nah, bro, you're going by Michael. And sometimes when you get with the new lady, they can change you. And then your partners, like Mike Lewis and Chef, will say, gee, you changed. Yeah, I changed. I changed for the better. So I don't care what y'all say. Don't give Nikki Haley stuff over this. She basically did this for her. The same way Michelle did it for Barack. She cleaned up Barack. Any of you fellas out there that are listening where your lady cleaned you up, text in 888-973-5476. I'd love to hear from you. What was your first name before you started dating your, uh... well, now you're married, but. What do you mean? It was G, but I'm telling you right now, I, my <laughs> wife, my wife cleaned me up. Feels, feels like, feels like we're sort of circling the point and not actually hitting. The point. Was... What's your middle name? Come on, man. What's your middle name? I don't like my middle name. Come on, we don't. That's, that's all right. But what if I've someone had assigned you? I know this was his middle name. What if? What if? What if someone had assigned you? They said, "I'm going to call you by what is it?" I'm, but but um, what I'm wait, saying wait, is, wait, 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 wait. let's say the first thing first, and I then the second thing second. Uh, uh, Roscoe. Yeah, there you go. Roscoe's my middle that's name. not your middle name. Okay then. Come on, man. What is your come on, name? Come on, Mike. What, what is your question? middle name? <laughs> It's a simple question. I'll tell you mine if you tell me yours. We're we're making this. Come on, Mike. We ain't got time. Come on, man. We're not going to have time if you just keep saying we don't have time. Come on. What's your middle name? Let's hear it. It doesn't matter. Mine is Michael. Mine is Anthony. Okay. Mine is is Rob. Here we go. Rob. Here we go. It's not Rob. Come on. (laughs) We want to hear your middle name. (laughs) 
Come on. Gee. We will not Gee, be talking this... to Michael at 10. <laughs> we will, I'm not, wiping the show sheet clean. The show is coming to a halt. <laughs> I know. It's coming to a halt on the very Gee, top. There are the... people. In, all right. I'll tell you what, folks. Text in. if you First, text in your guess of G's middle name. <laughs> and then text in if you want to hear his actual middle name. Please, folks. <laughs> Let us know. Help me out here. <laughs> I, the, you're digging in on this, and that makes me... Seven times as curious as I was Brent, the, the, from the beginning of the conversation. I know, I know. I don't even know actually this, and I just admitted this to to Chef. What do you got? I don't even know what your first name is, because G is I'm assuming not your first name. Oh, Galen's my first name. Galen's first name. All right, that's a great name. That's yeah. a great name. Yeah. yeah. All right. So now I know that. Why can't I know the middle name now that we're getting? I've been to your barbecue. And I don't know your middle name. We're not, we're not talking about this story. <laughs> okay, on, I'm going to make a point. I'm going to make a point, and then Jeez. I'm going to come back to this. Okay, let's say a lady wrote us in scenarios and said, I started dating this new guy, right? And he's great and everything, but he's insisting on calling me by my middle name. And he told all his friends my middle name is uh, to call me Susan. My name is actually Lisa. We would be like, get away from this guy. He's a controlling, abusive jerk. The only reason that you're agreeing with Nikki is because she's a woman in this scenario. And you had some bad habits before you met your wife. Yeah. Now, what's your middle name? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be Meatloaf okay, if you don't tell fine. us. But on, no, but on this topic, though, right? Now, in this case, in this case... This is a situation where Nikki Haley is being vilified by those like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe this. And so what I'm trying to what I'm trying to say is, is sometimes uh, we men surrender with, hey, I don't want you wearing the same jeans every day. OK, I'm going to say you guys act like it's not a popular thing. Men sometimes get cleaned up by their woman. That's my point. I, it, whether it's name, clothes, or anything, I, I'm not arguing that point. People get Im- sometimes get improved, sometimes get made a little worse by their partners. I understood. I understand all that. Yeah. I would say it's odd though to just decide <laughs> that the name that someone is going for, you just decide. Well, I prefer this other name, this mysterious middle name. Although at least it, she knew his middle name, unlike is our it, relationship. Is it but, Alphonse? But is it Alphonse? Yeah. <laughs> Leslie? Yeah. <laughs> Are we getting guesses? Wilfred? <laughs> yes. <laughs> as long as... There you go. But, but, but it sounds like he wasn't just assigned a middle name that now is his first name. It sounds like he was also assigned her group of friends yes. to, to ensure that they all like referred to him by this Uniform name. Uniform Michaelhood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. So what's your middle name? Oh, boy. <laughs> My cousin. You leave, you leave your wallet out again, what and I human, see it on the floor. I wonder if, I am photocopying it and putting it on our Facebook human page. Human resources might be able to provide us with this. Ooh, personnel file. Personnel Good idea. file. I got I to gotta say. Big reveal coming up. I got to say, this might have been the most awkward moment <laughs> in all of my years of radio. Like, like seriously. Like, oh, what's your middle name? <laughs> Good, good, good five it. minutes of what's your middle name? <laughs> it's an utterance. It takes uh, half a second. It's half a second. Hey, by the way, <laughs> shot. Well, well, no, 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 no. I want to give some love. No, no, no. I want to give some love to Chris and Ballard. Chris and Ballard. <laughs> Change the subject. That is my father's middle name. Unbelievable how you just did that. Well done, Chris and Ballard. Wait, is that where it is? No, that's not it. I thought it was it. Oh, yep, there it is. Kristen Ballard got your middle name, but correct? Got, got my father's. And that was going to be my middle name. Well was done. going to be, but isn't. Ulysses. Well done, Chris. I don't know how you did that. 
That's weird. I don't know how you did wow. that. Yeah. Ulysses? Yes. How, That's your I, middle name? Sure. <laughs> See? What? That's my father's middle name. Okay. That's my well done. Well done, Chris. All right. Come on. Not next. so well done, Chris. We want the real thing. <laughs> Michael Medved joins us next. It is the Geno Show.